schedule a bit. Usually episodes come out on Tuesdays, but today is a special occasion. It is Free the Pill Day, so I couldn't let May 9th, 2020 pass without me having a little episode on what this day means, what the goals are for Free the Pill Day, what the status of our rights to birth control are right now, and where we want it to go. I really want to address in this episode the barriers that individuals currently come across when they need birth control pills. Currently, it is a prescribed pill. For many, it is really only accessible through insurance. And so I think it's important for us to recognize that not everyone's experience is the same as our own. For example, myself, I'm a cisgender woman, meaning I was born, they said, I'm a woman, I'm female, and I still identify as female. I'm a cisgender woman, I'm white passing, my family is able to and has been able to financially support me. Automatically, those are three things that have made it much, much more easier for me to access birth control in my life. And on top of all of that, I had family members and adults in my life who were supportive of my health and helped guide me in finding these resources to begin with. Not only did I technically have access, but I was also told by people in my life that I had access. Many people don't have people in their life that are telling them that things like birth control exist and what birth control can do and how it can benefit the goals in your life, um, the health of your body, the planning of your pregnancy. So I'm really grateful for all these aspects that were a recipe for me to have access to birth control, which has allowed me to pursue my goals in life. If I were to have gotten pregnant today, or a year ago, or three years ago, my life would be incredibly different. And obviously not everyone is a cisgender woman who is white passing and has a financially supportive family. Um, I, throughout the years, have been able to access birth control through Planned Parenthood, through my university's health center, and now through um, Kaiser Insurance Company. And it's you know, been pretty smooth for me. But again, I want to go outside of myself and discuss the experiences of thousands of Americans. The birth control pill has been FDA approved for 60 years. It was the 60 year anniversary. And the invention of birth control has changed the lives of people who can get pregnant. My life is completely changed because I have access to this pill that allows me to plan my pregnancy, which means it allows me to plan my life. We just heard a couple days ago, the, the Supreme Court heard a case Um, fighting for employers to have the right to decline insurance coverage for birth control. Let's say I 
receive insurance through my employer. This Supreme Court case is fighting for my employer to have the right to say to my insurance company, okay, she can get this covered, but she can't get birth control covered. So that really sets the stage for this week and this day. Free the Pill Day is about turning birth control pills to no longer being a prescribed pill and now being an over-the-counter drug. So I can get it the same way that I can get Benadryl when I have allergies, the same way I can get Advil if I have period cramps. So Free the Pill Day is here to convert this access to being affordable over-the-counter. Not over-the-counter for 50 bucks, over-the-counter for a reasonable price for me to pay month to month. So let's discuss the different barriers the communities face because birth control pills are prescribed and oftentimes go through insurance. Well, first of all, we mentioned insurance. A lot of people don't have insurance, so that automatically makes this a less affordable option, um, not only because they may not be able to afford the pill, but because they can't afford the doctor's appointment that will give them the prescription for the pill. So we got that off the bat. Automatically, just the fact that you need to see a doctor um, makes it less accessible for people who don't have insurance. Now we have the trans community. It is a very common experience for transgender people and people in the LGBT community to go into spaces, for example, doctor's offices, and needing to be burdened with educating healthcare providers. A transgender person can, you know, walk into the doctor's office. All they need is the pill. They just need that prescription. But they have no energy to discuss their transness. They have this fear of needing to educate because oftentimes individuals ask questions about their identity, questions about, oh, you're changing your gender on your form. Oh, you changed your name. All of this, they don't want to deal with that. It makes it a negative experience to have to go to the doctor's office, get this prescription and make it more of an ordeal than just getting the pill. I feel extremely privileged to be able to walk into the doctor's office and have no questions asked about anything but the pill. But for example, people who are trans uh, have a different experience than I. We have undocumented folks who have the fear of going to a doctor's office. They don't want their status to be revealed. They don't have insurance, so we have that money portion, but also just that fear if they were able to walk into CVS and pick up a pack of birth control for an affordable price, they would have control over their body, they would have control over their future, they would have control over their pregnancy and their romantic relationship, etc. And we have people living in rural areas who live in small communities who just have to live with the shame and embarrassment of, oh, I'm going to the doctors to get this birth control because I'm having sex. And like now my doctor, who's my mom's friend, is going to find out and she's going to tell my mom all that business. Right. Granted, for the rural folks, even if it were um, accessible in their local market, CVS drugstore, 
they still have that aspect of, you know, shame and embarrassment running into someone they know. But, you know, as we make birth control less stigmatized, once it becomes more public, once it becomes over the counter, I'd like to think that it'll become less of a um, ordeal less of a stigmatized and negative thing to be seen. But again, this takes time. But the time is ticking. It always is. And we are here. And I know that there's a lot of people who benefit off of birth control. So I think it's important for us to, you know, raise our voices and um, speak about these things. We've got long waits for appointments. That is a barrier for us. Um, you know, you ask your doctor, when can I come in to get this prescription? And they're like, okay, you can come in in five weeks. Well, those five weeks are an increased risk of getting pregnant. A lot of these things are out of our control at times, but what we should have control over is getting access to the pill easily and affordably. It's difficult to take time off of work and school, especially for individuals who, you know, need to work to provide for themselves. I mentioned my privilege earlier of how my family was able to financially support me as I was growing up, meaning when I was in college, I had time to go to the doctor's office to get my birth control prescription because I wasn't busting my ass off um, working full-time and going to school. Thankfully, I'm very grateful, but if I did, it would be so much harder to get my birth control. There are people who, you know, wait those five weeks, they have their doctor's appointment, uh, their work calls them in, they have fear of losing their job, so they have to go to work and miss their appointment. There's another five weeks until the next appointment they can get to get their birth control. We have transportation issues. And again, this has to do with taking up time um, that people don't have. So imagine this situation of working full-time, going to school full-time, uh, low income, don't have a car, need to take transportation, you miss the bus. Well, shit. Okay, there's another five weeks, right? Um, and... Fun fact that's good to know, all Planned Parenthood locations are near bus stops to make it more accessible for you to go in and get the health care you need. So overall, some people are just missing the opportunity to have clinics near them where they feel welcome, where it's near their home, where their needs are met. That isn't happening. We've got like I said, uh, whether you are transgender or undocumented, you're living in a rural community, there's long waiting times, uh, you need time off from work and school to go to the doctors, you need transportation. All of that, or much of that, would be much less relevant. If I could pick up my birth control a couple aisles down from where I'm buying my toothpaste, I don't need to talk to anyone. I just pick it up and I go along my day. 
I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of other barriers that I didn't mention, many that I probably have never even thought of, some of which being not finding a healthcare provider, a doctor who speaks the same language as you, you can't explain what you need, you don't know that that thing that you need is even out there for you. Even this podcast for people who haven't really heard these ideas before, this is limited to only people who can speak English. If you can't speak English, you're not hearing this information from me right now. People who have disabilities oftentimes have way less conversations that have to do with sexual health and relationship health because we as a society have this misconception that they aren't sexual beings. They don't need to hear about condoms and birth control. They don't need to know how to get it. Um, It would be much better if it was an open conversation, if, again, this was something they could get at the same time that they or their caregiver gets their toothpaste. It's not this huge ordeal, but it's also allowing them to have freedom, comfort, and confidence in their sexual life and their sexual health. And like I said, these are voices of populations that should not be ignored. And that is what today is for. We're here to bring voice to these populations, to bring voice to these experiences, to bring change to the current state of birth control accessibility. And there's a point that's made at times about, oh, well, like a doctor should, you know, take the tests needed to let me know what birth control is best. I've had negative side effects. I need a doctor to tell me what birth control to take. I have a couple things to say to this. First of all, 100%, I don't want to minimize these serious complications. Overall, there are low safety concerns of birth control pills, but I don't want to minimize people's negative experiences. But what I want to propose is if you know that about yourself, you, you still always have the option to go to the doctor if you'd like. This is just opening up the options for individuals. Secondly, with birth control pills, there's different types. It's a simple checklist um, to follow. You know, I pick the one that's best for me. If blood pressure is a, a factor that needs to be taken into account, which is especially for people over 35, especially for smokers, uh, blood pressure matters. And you can easily do a blood pressure screening at your drugstore, at your CVS, at your grocery store. You know, so these things that are quite simple that our doctors are doing, we can do on our own. The doctor is looking at the same checklist. And you know, this whole like over-the-counter talk makes me think about how someone in my family who's allergic to Advil, extremely allergic, almost fatally allergic to Advil, but it's over-the-counter right? But it's interesting because as we know, we see this pattern of things that have to do with bodily autonomy for people with vulvas, for people with vaginas. Suddenly, our healthcare that has to do with that part of us, our reproductive part of us, is treated differently. I should have as much control over my pregnancy as I have control over stopping my headaches, over getting something to help me fall asleep, 
getting something to make my stomach stop hurting when I have diarrhea, right? All of these things we already are, we just walk into the store and get and Free the Pill Day is here to create that same change, that same affordability, that same accessibility for birth control pills. If you yourself benefit off of birth control or know someone who benefits off of birth control, which honestly, I'm sure all of us do, then I'd invite you to consider this to be very important, very relevant. You know, birth control, when it came out as an approved drug 60 years ago, it was for adults only. And it took advocacy. It took people being loud. It took a lawsuit for the accessibility to grow to all ages. Now, I invite us to do the same. We need to be loud. We need to advocate. We need to share our experiences of the benefit and the importance of having access to birth control. We still have hospitals that are run under religious code of conduct, which makes doctors not be allowed to discuss reproductive health and resources with their patients. I believe it's about a quarter of our hospitals in the U.S. are run this way, which is ridiculous. So there's a lot to be said about birth control. It's May 9th, 2020, Free the Pill Day. We're gathering together to raise our voices create change in our health, in our future, and in our power to make decisions for ourselves, for our own bodies. Thank you for joining me. It was wonderful sharing this information with you. If you have any questions, you can follow this podcast on Instagram at sextalklovetalkpodcast or shoot me an email, sextalklovetalk at gmail.com. See you on Tuesday and happy Free the Pill Day.